Welcome to Drinks Noise, episode number four. If the show is a child, it may well be heading off to full-time nursery. After a hiatus for the holiday period, I'm delighted to be back, and I'm interviewing Mike Gamel, a co-founder of Days, a producer of rather lovely, I must say, alcohol-free beer. In this episode, we talk about getting started in the direct-to-consumer world, building a community, why first-party data is so important, and so much more. This is absolutely jam-packed with incredible insight, so make sure you lap it all up and go and activate on the knowledge you glean from it. Without further ado, over to the interview. With me down the line, I've got Mike Gamel, a co-founder of Days. Um, Mike, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Mike. Thanks a lot for uh, for having me on the show this evening. Excited to, to have a chat. Yeah, no problem at all. Really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy man. So let's get stuck straight into this. Um, tell us about Days for the listeners that don't know your backstory, the what's, the why's and the who's, please. Yeah. So Days is a, is an alcohol-free beer business. Um, and that's important to us when I say alcohol-free. We only brew alcohol-free beers and we're really dedicated on on creating a great alcohol-free beer brand and brewing delicious alcohol-free beers. Uh, we brew all of our beers at home in Scotland, um, along the road in East Lothian. We use all locally sourced um, natural ingredients and a unique brewing process to create beers that are crisp, um, refreshing, sessionable, and and 100% alcohol-free. So we're, we're, we're a 0.0% beer business. Brilliant. That's obviously something with us recording this in January that's that's front of mind for for many people. And I have to say, I'm currently drinking my first ever day's <laughs> beer. It's the lager, and and very much enjoying it. Um, great summary there of of what you do, but why? I mean, how did you and your your co-founder get to the point of of launching an alcohol-free beer brand? Yeah, uh, great question, and I have to say, a lot of um, a lot of our friends about three years ago now, when we started working on this project, a lot of our friends were asking us that same question, like, "What on earth are you guys doing? Like, why alcohol-free beer?" So yeah, it's definitely something we've we've faced a lot. I think days really starts with 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 Dunks and I. We've been friends for the last twenty years or so. We we grew up together. We went to school together. We played a lot of sport with each other and played a lot of sport against each other. And We've both had um, kind of slightly different backgrounds over the last 10, 15 years. Dunks has spent his career um, scaling challenger food brands. So initially he was at a business called Genius Gluten-Free, um, who were very much the, the first the first business to create a gluten-free bread business that was aimed at people who wanted to give up gluten as opposed to those who had to give up gluten for um, for medical reasons. They created a great product and created a great brand. And Dunks helped scale that business all over the UK, Europe, and then launched the business in the US. And then he joined a healthy snacking business called Propercorn, who similarly had a similar message to consumers where they were saying, look, you can have all the, the flavor, that, that amazing snack moment, but you don't need the sugar, salt, and fat that you get in traditional crisps or popcorn or chocolate or snacks or whatever it might be. So Dunks always says he's really built his career in um, looking at kind of healthier options within within consumer goods. Um, my background very quickly. I used to work in finance uh, when I left university. I hated it. I was rubbish at it. Um, so I went and got an MBA. I went back to study again and got an MBA. And whilst I was there, I got introduced to a company called AB InBev, um, which is where I used to work before I joined Days. Now, AB InBev are the biggest beer company in the world. The guys that own Stella, Corona, Budweiser, lots of different uh, great brands across the world. 
Um, I was initially in their Corona marketing team uh, out in Belgium, in Leuven, where the headquarters are. So I learned a ton about kind of beer marketing and strategy. Um, but latterly at, at ABM Bev, I was in a business unit they have called ZX Ventures, which was basically looking at um, innovation within ABM Bev. So looking at new beverage products and new beverage brands. So I effectively became a, a total kind of beverage nerd and got really interested in new, exciting kind of brands and, and beverage lines that were developing to kind of adapt with with consumer trends. And I guess where we where we came up with the idea for days is, is Dunks and I both love beer. And what I mean by that is we both love that amazing beer kind of beer moments, the the ritual, the amazing social connection. And indeed when Dunks and I look at like our own friendship, like beer has been such a positive part of our lives, be it kind of beer after sport or, or kind of a beer with your pal, just that amazing kind of beer ritual we, we both loved but we actually realized about three and a half years ago now that we were moving away from that that ritual and that occasion because it no longer felt so relevant for our lives so what I mean by that is we weren't going for beers on a Tuesday night after football because we realized that if we had four or five pints of alcoholic beer it wasn't great for our sleep and we'd wake up feeling rubbish on a, on a Wednesday morning we weren't having kind of we weren't drinking as much alcohol through the week or at weekends because it was no longer kind of T- tying up with what we wanted to do in our lives we were taking our mental health more seriously our physical health more seriously and just alcohol overall was, was starting to lose its relevancy and we kind of came at this and thought wow isn't that so sad that I'm moving away from that amazing beer thing and, and realized that often when you want a beer be it kind of the end of a long day or over lunch or catching up with with a, with a pal often what you're looking for is that light refreshing taste social moment you're not really looking to get pissed all of the time so we started looking at this project and thought, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if we could create something that offered you all of that taste and flavor and, and the occasion of beer, but without the side effects that you want in your um, that you'd want in your life that, you, that, that, that comes with alcohol all the time. This idea that, that we think beer can be bigger than alcohol. And a lot of the time, if you take a, a week's worth of drinking occasions, we actually think there's loads of occasions where beer is beer is relevant and beer is a great thing to have. But it doesn't always need to have to have alcohol. I do say at this point, I, I still drink alcohol. Uh, my co-founder, business partner Duncan, also still drinks alcohol. But we drink a lot less alcohol that, that, than we have done before. But we drink a lot more beer because we do have a, a days on a on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday lunchtime. Just still love that beer, refreshing flavor moment, but just without the alcohol. So that's why we we left we left it our our kind of businesses and our careers to start days because we wanted to try and help the the beer category evolve and and help beer um stay relevant relevant for a modern consumer who is prioritizing their their health great i mean that's yeah taking it back to the start of that you've both got really interesting and backgrounds one one that's directly relevant and one that's obviously hugely relevant as well in terms of creating consumer consumer products and that that's amazing i mean genius um has been a huge Another Scottish success story, I believe. That's I right. That was... Yeah, yeah. Another Scot- Scottish uh, Scottish brand. That's right. And the proper corn is like the ultimate beer snack. I just yeah. love, we love having that with that with a beer. So brilliant! It yeah, all, all merges together nicely we've there. Done, <laughs> we've done some fun. I sometimes say to Dunks, I'm like, because we've done some fun kind of customer uh, in customer partnerships with with proper corn. So we did an initiative with W H Smith where it was a kind of. A, a deal get a days and get a bag of proper corn um for free or something like that and i always joke with dunks i'm like we need to find some partners who you haven't worked for um but it's uh yeah it's uh they they, they had a phenomenal both genius genius is a great business but proper corn i think particularly 
a really, really interesting business. And if you look at what PropCon did, they were fighting in like the popcorn category and popcorn's a commodity, right? Like a lot of people can create good tasting popcorn, but I think why PropCon won continue to like outperform the big guys year after year because they had a great brand but they also had a great team and, and culture and we've we've definitely learned tons from from ryan one of the founders at, at propercorn who, who who were lucky we kind of helps us on an advisory basis with days just learning like how important that team and culture and people is to create a challenger brand because it is a very competitive very very competitive in the consumer space as, as you know yourself yeah definitely and um I like that. I like the fact that I get from your messaging that you know you're not in any way demonizing alcohol. I work in the in the alcohol industry. You know, we're all we're all very aware of the the negative aspects of alcohol alongside the positive things it can bring as well. Yeah. Um, and I think I think you know I am doing dry January right now. But I still want to enjoy a beer, like you're saying, and I think giving people that flexibility. And then, of course, there are people who will not drink alcohol at all, and giving them more choice is only only ever going to be a, a good thing. And just yeah, giving us that flexibility is fantastic. Um, you were talking about the culture there. You know, you've learned a lot from from previous businesses and and advisory partners. You've started days with very clear social purposes in, in mind can you can you touch touch on those for us please because i think it's a really important thing in, in today's world is to to have a brand purpose that you actually believe in yeah yeah for sure and it's it's kind of funny like launching this business um post-covid like purpose became a bit of like a buzzword and has become a bit of a buzzword over the last the last couple of years and i think i think in its most like authentic sense it is super super um important and it gives like a small um business like ours like so much like such like a, a powerful thing for a business like ours but i do think purpose can get banded around quite often and there's an element of greenwashing that i think you do see going on in the consumer space where people think like oh you have to have a purpose or this is our purpose that sometimes i question whether bigger businesses actually do have a genuine purpose or if they've just like put something nice for for, for, for marketing um for marketing talk but for us when we when we started days there's there's kind of two two like two pillars of our business which i think you're you're, you're alluding to that they're super important the first is that we are a b corp certified business now three and a half years ago before we started working on this i'll admit i didn't know a great deal about b corp i probably am seeing that patagonia were a b corp and a few other brands but i didn't know a great deal about b corp whereas duncan um, had come from a b, b corp proper corn and one of the non-negotiables for him when me and him started throwing around this idea together was that if we were going to get into business together, we had to become a B Corp. And I'm I'm so pleased he stuck to that. And I'm so pleased that, that 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 we've done it. And it's definitely not an easy process to reach kind of full B Corp certification, which we did uh, kind of December last year. You need to be in business for 12 months before you can reach full certification. But it's a really, really important tenant of our business. It gives us very clear like guardrails, and that's so important. Like this is the first time I've ran a any kind of business before, let alone a beer, a beer company. So having B Corp in place really gives us like clear guardrails, which makes it really clear like how we should and shouldn't operate as a business that does want to have a, a positive impact. Um, and it makes sure that in all the decisions we make, we think about people and we think about planet as well as 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 well as profit um and it has been such an important thing for for dunks and i to 
to kind of guide us, I'd say, over the last kind of couple of years as, as we're growing the business. But also as we look forward, it really helps us think about kind of the business we want to we want to create and the impact we, 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 we want to have. I think the, the second thing that's, um, that's incredibly important to us is we have an initiative that runs through the heart of our business called Day's Duty, which gives 2% of all sales um, per can, bottle, whatever it might be, to um, progressive mental health organizations. I'm always very like, it's very important to me that we make clear here, it's sales, it's not profit, it's sales that we're, that we're making a commitment on. And, and really that stems from this idea that Dunks and I would love this idea of, of using beer, the world's oldest social network, this thing that is so like positive, that brings people together, that sparks so many conversations. Can we use that to encourage um, conversations about something we're not great at doing or having discussions around our, around our mental health? And we love this idea of reframing the, the, the conversation around mental health to be something a bit more kind of like mental fitness in the same way that if you and I are talking about wanting to run a marathon or get stronger, fitter, faster, whatever it might be, we'll be quite open about talking about the, the little decisions we're making in our life to be physically fitter, stronger, faster. Whereas I think we, I would love it if we could be as open and, and progressive the way we talk about our mental fitness as something you make kind of these small choices that, that can have a, have a big impact, but also something that, that, we're, that we're happy discussing in a, in a more positive way. So, so yeah, we've had Days Duty and B Corp being big parts of our business um, since, since launch and as well as kind of giving us like very clear, clear guidelines. There's, there's so many, we get so many benefits from it. I mean, we've hired a fantastic group of people here some of whom, when we were interviewing them, said, you know what, I'd never really thought about joining a beer business before, but I'm really passionate about what you guys are doing in the mental health space or what you guys are doing as, as a B Corp. So it really does help us like get access to, to amazing talent and a bunch of people who are super, super committed to, to what we're trying to build here. Brilliant. No, and I like, I love that you've got the kind of the B Corp status that's obviously keeping you on a, on a very particular path, but making that decision to focus on mental health which is something that i think it's fair to say there's been a lot more awareness of the need to 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 talk and for people to look after their mental health as much as their physical health in the last few years but we've got a long long way to go there so it's it's really it's really amazing to see that um, I, I do think it's been really cool over the last two years to see like the way that whole kind of conversation has has developed like Dunks and I have this joke of have this we talked to each other like ten years ago. We'd meet for a beer on a Friday night after work. It's like, How are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Fine. Then maybe over like ten after ten beers we might open up about how we're actually doing. Whereas now I think be interesting yourself, like from your like friends, family, I I do think that people are a lot more kind of open about discussing their mental health and 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 and, and how they are feeling, which which is such like such a such a positive thing. Definitely, and I think um you know, blokes have never been good at it, and yeah, I think right. I'm I'm seeing far more evidence amongst my friends and people I know of that that ability to feel comfortable to talk about it and and kind of breaking that stigma. So you know, any, anything that helps push that forward, regardless of definitely. gender, is is massive. Definitely, for sure, for sure. Um, so you, I mean, you started you you and Duncan, you started the brand effectively in that bizarre two to three year period of, of all of our lives um how was it from a a branding and a marketing perspective kicking something off and in, in those times yeah it was um because one of the questions you sent me over when i was looking through before was like and the challenges 
and Dunks left the office earlier on. I said to him, oh, I've quickly like what I've got this podcast and I like what are some of the challenges that we should talk about? He just turned to me and went, COVID, cost of living crisis, war, inflation, just like definitely be like a pretty interesting two or three years to be to be running a beer business. Um, if we go back, like because it's honestly it's about three years to the day where Dunks and I like fully jumped in. Was that 2020? Yeah, fully jumped in. And and went after this and started trying to trying to grow this business. About so January 2020, we'd been talking about starting an alcohol-free beer business, and we'd been chatting to different kind of breweries from across the UK to try and find somewhere to, who a, a partner that we could work with to to create um great tasting beers. And we had this moment after we'd we'd brewed so many beers, we worked with so many different partners, we tried so many different ways of creating a good, a great tasting alcohol-free beer, and we just kept on coming up at, up at kind of against dead ends. But eventually, we found this production partner in 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 Scotland, just along the road there in, in East Lothian. And we had this moment. I guess it's probably March 2020. We had this moment when we were we just got back down to London from from meeting the meeting the brewery. We just tasted some of their kind of their products. And we saw that the world, we saw like the lockdown was happening and the world was about to like just go into into lockdown. And Dunks and I had this moment where we kind of thought, yeah, on one hand, this is a terrible time to be kind of leaving full-time employment and to be trying to start a, a beer business. But on the other hand, we thought, God, we know how hard this is to do, but we found this place um, at home in Scotland that can brew these beers. We've just got to like give this a go. So I've got this photo, which we show to the team quite often, which is me and Dunks like on the last flight up to Edinburgh from London, like an easy jet plane where it's literally just me and him on the plane. Cause we just thought we found the brewery. We're going to go up there. We're going to live by the brewery. So we moved back up to Edinburgh um, to work really, really closely with them just to develop great tasting beers. And during that kind of six, seven month process um, period, sorry, when everyone was in lockdown, I think we saw that as like a really unique opportunity for us because it meant we didn't have to rush about trying to get a product in market because the bars weren't open and the stores weren't taking anything on, on you. We just had to focus on creating great beers. So during that kind of almost nine month process, I'd say from kind of February through till kind of October, 2020, we were just furiously brewing beer with our brewery partner, sending it to people across the UK. We're sending out these care packages of, uh, of different kind of beers that we'd brewed, having zoom calls, getting their feedback, taking that feedback, giving it back to the brewery, iterating, developing and continue to kind of, tweak the process to create our beers which meant that by the time we did launch in um in, in october we knew we had really great tasting 0.0 percent beers because we'd done about four or five hundred kind of different kind of tests with with consumers during during that period so i would say we were really lucky actually during that period because it just gave us a really really clear focus that all we needed to do was just work on creating great tasting beers and we were able to use a community of consumers to really drive the taste and the flavor and everything about our beers and and whilst that process was going on is when we were working with with our branding agency to create the look the feel the visual identity and, and really what we wanted days days to be about and again it was kind of this weird process right it was in lockdown we'd found this agency that we liked a lot but we had to do it all remotely over over zoom and we were really lucky that we had a fantastic creative partner that that we worked with when we when we started days and we still continue to work with them to this day who who really bought our vision and what we're trying to do in 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 the in the beer category and fundamentally create something that is positive productive and quite and quite proud to be alcohol free um so um everything that we didn't we wanted it to be kind of not this kind of regressive version of beer that is like 
I don't like I don't love the word low no when people talk about like the low to no space. Like I don't love that as a description for alcohol free because again it's seen as like weak, less than, without. I'd worked at ABM Bev for a while where all our all their alcohol free versions of brands were kind of regressive, grayed out, light blue versions of their mega brands. I really wanted to create something that was that was kind of quite powerful and quite strong. And Dunks and I were both agreed we really wanted to create something that you could be be proud about drinking as opposed to something that you would have to shy away or be embarrassed about having an alcohol-free beer. So that was really important to us in creating the brand, that it was something that was productive, progressive, and, and ultimately quite proud to be alcohol-free. And I guess it got to October 2020, the world was still in lockdown, and Dunks and I had the beers, we had we had this brand, and and we were really excited to, to, to launch and get it in get it into market. And the way of the world, we didn't need like a fancy on-trade strategy and we didn't need to like be pitching to lots of grocery stores because none the, the on-trade didn't exist. Bars and restaurants weren't open when we launched and grocery stores were kind of really like doing amazingly well just to just to survive and and, and, and meet kind of that like crazy period. So we launched online, uh, we launched direct to, to consumer. Um, we had no experience of that whatsoever, but I think looking back, we were predominantly a D2C business for the first year and um, that we were in, in business. And, and really looking back, it was an amazing like opportunity for us to really test our assumptions about the product, about the market. So number one assumption, like do our people going to like the taste of our beers? And like very quickly, we realized we had really good tasting beers. Um, second thing we wanted to test was do people like the brand, the tone of voice, like everything we're trying to do here. And it certainly seemed to like resonate with consumers early on. And I think the third thing that was really exciting, and again, it was this insight we were getting from having this D2C community and platform, was that we were learning so much about who our consumer was, why they were drinking days, when they were drinking days, like what got them into drinking alcohol-free beer. And it goes back to that question you asked me like at the very start, like why did you start an alcohol-free beer business? Like I think about all of my friends who three years ago were like, what on earth are you guys doing? Like alcohol-free beer, like nobody drinks that. It was amazing when we launched in October 2020, how many people were like, I really didn't think like I would be the person that would drink alcohol-free beer, but now I completely get it because around that time, everyone was starting to really prioritize their their health like post-COVID. So through that year, through launching D2C, like during a pandemic, yes, it was like a pretty crazy time to be launching a beer business. But honestly, because pre-launch, we had such a clear focus on let's just cr- create great tasting alcohol-free beers that are 0.0% and let's not worry about anything else. And then when we did launch, because we launched D2C and had such a close relationship with our consumer, it just gave us so much insight and so many learnings that we've used as we start to grow the business and get more distribution. But it's really given us like a clear a clear um, understanding as, as we continue to grow this business. We really want the consumer to be at the heart of it, to be and kind of the consumer insight, consumer relationship, consumer learnings to really drive everything we do from taste, flavor, distribution, branding. We really just want to continually learn from from the consumer, which we've been lucky to do. And now for a word from our sponsor. No, no sponsor. Still don't have one. It's early days. I'm not giving up hope. No, this is just Mike with a friendly reminder to please listen to the first three episodes of Drinks Noise. We've got an excellent interview with one of the co-founders of Woven Whiskey on all about how to start a whiskey brand. In episode two, I spoke to Chris Maffeo all about winning in the on-trade. And episode three was with From Barrel to Bottle and looks at the phenomenal need for phenomenal whiskey photography or spirits photography in, in general. I said phenomenally, phenomenally a lot there. 
Anyway, back to the interview. Yeah, that that's that that kind of last point there. Um, I mean, well, first of all, I'll unpick that a little bit around. You you were afforded the luxury of time by circumstances with your control, um, and albeit COVID was predominantly a negative thing for many of us, in in a way, it worked worked out very well for yourselves, which is which is great. And you mentioned very early on getting a community around the brand by sending out these packages and being very engaged. How did you actually go about building that initial? community i mean i'm sure there were some friends and family involved but was it was it wider than that oh yeah and i think that's that's again like cast your mind back to like april like april may 2020 like everyone was stuck at home right there wasn't a lot going on so we realized that if we reached out to people on linkedin on instagram or whatever and said like look we're these two quite weird scottish guys who are thinking about launching a, a beer business if we send you some products can you give us your feedback like everyone was really receptive to that message because they're like, oh, this is a bit fun. This is this is a bit new. This is something different. So, yeah, we definitely used like a, like friends and family at the start. But I mean, we were sending out to 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 bar managers, restaurant managers, former colleagues of ours in the food and drink space, potential investors, people from big beer brands, small beer brands, uh, athletes, entrepreneurs. Like we were testing with so many different people because we just wanted to get as much insight and as much feedback back as, as possible so that was pre-launch which was like so much fun just constantly chatting to consumers understanding why they would think about drinking an alcohol-free beer or, or why they would never think about drinking al- an alcohol-free beer and we'd go online and, and look at who reviews alcohol-free beers so we'd find like 10 people who it looks like they were building up like a blog posting from reviewing alcohol-free beers and we just reach out to them and say hey we love what you're doing would you like to be part of our part of our taste testers and these are people who are like passionate about the alcohol-free beer space, and we're very happy to to help us and give us their their insight and and their feedback. Um, so that was pre-launch, and then post-launch, yeah, I think we've always put kind of community, the community and consumer at at the heart of our of of our business. Our first hire was a community manager, um, and we really want people who engage with our brands, be that through email, be that through socials, be that through. We have a um an SMS system within our business, so consumers can order their beer over text. They can give us their feedback over text. Uh, we quite often just chat to consumers over text. And we really want people to, 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 to we really want to treat humans like humans and, and build a very close relationship with our consumers because it gives us so many learnings that we can take as we continue to, to, to grow this business. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think the word community gets banded around in, in, in marketing far too often. And a lot of brands think they have a community, but they don't. They just have a bunch of followers on on social. But you, you know, you guys have gone and built that and really built it earlier, and then that's that's hugely helped you you grow. And then, like you said, at that point where it's like, right, we're ready to go, come and buy. You've got that base to go to, which is completely and and invaluable. Um, just to touch on to some of the the, the activity that you're doing. So you've just mentioned social i mean what part has that played obviously it's a key driver of community and real community but you you your your presence is is really vibrant and i feel like it's approachable has that just come naturally or how have you gone about getting to that place yeah i think like first of all social has been hugely important to us and i'm i'm by no means an expert 
in, in in social media and i say we've had like mixed success across across different platforms i think we, we do well on some platforms and other platforms have been a bit of a learning experience for us and we've maybe thought maybe not not worth so much focus as as, as others i think to your first point around like building a, a social platform or, or a brand right that is like welcoming and quite bright and i love that you've used that word like approachable like that's really like what we wanted to create at, at the start we wanted to create a really approachable beer brand something that's not when like we don't try to be probably because dunks and i aren't even close to it we don't try to be like the coolest beer and craft beer because that's just not us really and we're really what we wanted to create within within this alcohol free opportunity is just a brand that people can relate to they can engage with that that makes it like completely acceptable and positive to be seen drinking an alcohol an alcohol free um, product because for a lot of the time an alcohol free beer it's it's not seen as something that's that's fun right it's not seen as something as that's like particularly exciting it's for too long been some seen as something that's kind of like regressive and a bit boring and oh, oh you're not drinking and you're not fun whereas we really wanted to try and kind of turn that on its head slightly and say no, no look this is something that could be fun like i'm here i'm having a few beers with my pals but guess what i'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning and run 10k work on my startup I take my mental health seriously whatever it whatever it might be so with the brand we really wanted to create something that that, that echoed that kind of like positivity that we that, that that we believe is how you should approach this alcohol free uh, alcohol free opportunity no that's great and it, it, the, the point on social media platforms um you know I've, I've always said find one where your people are very very well before you start spreading yourself too thin and, and trying to be you know, TikTok. Um, somebody messaged me on LinkedIn the other day. I used to be a social media consultant. I don't do it anymore. Um, should my brand be on Be Real? And my answer was, well, no. <laughs> at this moment in time, no, because I've had a quick look at what else you're doing. And quite honestly, it's not up to scratch. <laughs> and that's, you know, that was a bit of harsh but free advice I gave them. Um, and I think it's important to, to not, to, and that, that applies to your marketing in general. It just, so dangerous to just go all guns blazing after everything you'll burn time and you'll burn cash so quickly we like we just don't have the resource right like i know well from what i used to do what a budget for a big beer company looks like and it's not the budget that we have at day so we've got to be like really really focused about 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 what we can do like it's interesting you remember you talk about be real i remember do you remember when clubhouse was taking off and it had that like brief blip where everyone yep. was talking about Clubhouse yep. like three right. years ago. Lockdown. Now, I remember Dunks and I were looking at that and we're like, oh, that's it. And we're like, oh God, do we need to be in this? Because whoever wins Clubhouse is going to win. And I think we tried some stuff and we're like, it just didn't feel like that authentic or didn't, it wasn't really working for us. Um, so that's an example of somewhere where we're like, we thought maybe there's an opportunity there, but really reasonably quickly, we were like, God, we don't have time to like think about this. We've got too much other stuff to do. Instagram's definitely like a big channel for us and like meta is our like we spend a lot of money on meta because we are a d2c d2c business so that's probably our like main advertising function but we do get excited about like tiktok as an example we did not think and like if you'd asked me this time last year i would not have thought that tiktok would have been a particular focus for us but we have had a lot of success there and we do talk in a slightly different way than we would on linkedin or, or instagram we're very our tiktok is very much more like behind the scenes and is effectively like looking at the team and the challenges of building like a startup, but also really 
quite often just like the team taking the piss out of Duncan and I, which seems to perform really well on 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 TikTok. Um, so it's an interesting channel. Uh, we see it probably more as like a brand awareness channel than like an acquisition channel right now. But it's a cool opportunity to try and, and do something a bit different. Like when I at the start, as I said, we don't have the advertising budgets of our like big beer competitors. But what we do have is a message and like a brand that is quite happy talking about the benefits of the, of their product and our big beer competitors won't do that. And what I mean by that is Bex Blue aren't going to talk about the benefits of drinking less alcohol. Corona Zero Zero aren't going to talk about the benefits of drinking less alcohol because they're fundamentally like alcohol, uh, part of alcohol businesses. And I used to work for one. My fiance works for a great alcohol business. So I'm in no way de- demonizing alcohol, but we do have a unique opportunity with Days to to create something that is like really singly quite proud to to represent what it stands for. Yeah, and I think a lot of your message messaging um, relates to lifestyle aspects of, you mentioned it earlier, I can have a few beers with my friends and I can still go that run in the morning or I can finish my hike and have a refreshing beer without then dehydrating myself to hell. And, that, you know, it's it, again, it's that relatable factor for me of, making your message relate to the lives that we that we live but i like that you're not you're not there's nothing pretentious about it and you're not you're not kind of shoving a mandate down people's throats which immediately just turns people off you know yeah and like look we've definitely we've definitely learned along the way and it's absolutely we've made mistakes and there's probably times where like it's a thin line right like i'm i always say like we don't want to come across as this like holier than thou holier than thou kind of beer brand and you have to drink alcohol free all of the time and i always say like the last thing we want to be is come across as a brand that's like your parents telling you like oh don't drink don't drink too much alcohol alcohol's bad for you so there's a thin line there and honestly like i can think of like some things we've done over the last two years when when we've done it and we look back we're like ah you know what we've we've maybe got that wrong that isn't like that isn't like genuine that isn't about the that isn't true to the brand that we're trying to create but I think in the, in the last year or so, like we brought on a fantastic senior brand manager, um, Kat, who does a really, really good job of, of, of steering the brand and being quite clear about, about what we are trying to do. Because we still want to be fun. We want to be cheeky. Like we're a beer company. Just because we don't have alcohol in our product doesn't mean we can't be fun, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, D to C, so direct to consumer, obviously that that is how you started. And I know some listeners to Drinks Noise are, either in the very early stages of, of running brands or have their idea and a lot of them will be looking to to go to D2C because it just makes sense in a lot of in a lot of ways. What are your big pieces of advice for success in, in that in in that ter- in that way of delivering your your product to the consumer without giving away your secret sauce, obviously? I mean we definitely haven't got the secret sauce. The um I think with with D2C, like the D2C landscape now is very different to what it was like four or five years ago, where the customer acquisition costs like four or five years ago on Meta or Facebook as it was then was really, really low. You could probably raise quite a lot of money based on the fact it was very cheap to acquire customers. And then if you think about when you're raising money, the cost of capital was very, very low, which meant a lot of businesses got a lot of money to keep investing in Meta, to keep acquiring customers at very low customer acquisition costs. And D2C like seems like really, really sexy and, and fun and, and, and great. Whereas it's a very different like environment now to, to three or four years ago, I would say in, in D2C. So there's been an iOS update, um, which I'm sure most of your listeners are, are, are aware of, 
which has made it much harder to attribute on 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 Meta and made it much uh, made it harder to acquire customers. It's just got more expensive to acquire customers, be that in drinks, um, mattresses, cereal, whatever it might be. Like everyone in D two C knows, it's got it's got it's got more expensive to acquire customers over the last um over the last few years. So D two C definitely isn't like the magic bullet that it that, that it used to be. Um, but I still think Meta as a platform is like a phenomenal tool if you can use it right because you cannot there's I, we haven't found another tool that you can scale like you cannot meta when it comes to looking for for brand for brand awareness um my first advice to like to other to other founders entrepreneurs when they're looking at launching a, a kind of a d2c business and we had some great advice on this from a guy um called hugh who'd ran a, a who'd, who'd ran a drinks business before he helped us he'd helped do some consulting for days his advice was before you even think about spending money to acquire customers so before you think about spending money on facebook ads or instagram ads or podcast ads or whatever it might be so anywhere where you're spending money to get people to go to your website make sure that you have like the house in order make sure that like your website converts really really well that your messaging is simple that it's easy for customers to be able to buy products, like look at products, compare pricing, like make sure your website converts really, really well. And then make sure you have like little basic things set up like email flows so that when you do start bringing in customers through spend, you're not, you don't have a leaky bucket basically. So when we launched in October, 2020, we actually didn't spend any money on Facebook until January, 2021, because we just spent that three months just learning about all the bugs we had in our website, all the gaps we had in our email flows to really make everything as tight as possible. Because the last thing you want to do is start wasting, is start spending loads of money on Facebook or Meta, which is a more expensive channel than it used to be. And then all of a sudden your website's got really low conversion or your email flows aren't set up to encourage consumers to come back. Like get that stuff sorted really, really early on before you start um, spending money on, on Facebook to drive traffic to your website. Um, Cause I've seen it. I've seen it before. I've seen like great Facebook ads that link to a website that just doesn't convert. It's so hard to find out like, where do I buy this? How do I buy this? So that's my first advice is make sure you have like the basics set up um, before you even think about like starting to spend money on, on, on those channels. Um, the other thing that, and I wish we'd done it that I've seen other brands do is like pre-launch campaigns are, are really good. We had it to an extent cause we had a community of people who were keen to try the beers. But if you can launch a, a D2C platform, has a if you've got like a waiting list or something like that that has a thousand consumers or something like that ready to go you've immediately got a thousand orders a thousand set a thousand sales coming through off that you could run a referral thing and immediately get a thousand people to refer a few friends and build it um and build it that way so there's there's things i always say to people to do or think about before you just think right i'm going to set up a website and just run loads of ads on on facebook to drive to drive traffic there's like building the basics to make sure your website converts your email flows get people to come back and then thinking about what you can do before you launch to have an engaged um, an engaged community. I see some brands doing like amazing things with content pre-launch, which means that when they do launch, they've got like organic traffic going straight to the website. Does that answer your question? Yes. Yes. No, that's huge. Uh, uh, massively helpful advice for the listeners. And I, lo- I love it. And you know, when, when you do work in this area, it seems crazy that somebody would, you know, to use a house analogy, not build the foundations properly, i.e. your website, your email, 
before they start putting the bricks up the walls um, and, and spending a huge amount of money. Um, but it, it, it has to be the way to do it. But unfortunately, one of the one of the things I've come across over the years is the fact that self-service advertising uh, platforms like the likes of Meta, they're actually not that hard to all of a sudden have ads running and be spending money. Yeah, and it's it's addictive. All of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm running the sales, I'm getting these sales in, but you've got to think about well, what are you spending to do that? Because it's customer acquisition costs has got more expensive. Like everybody knows that. But then there's other costs within that. Like you have a Shopify, we use Shopify as our like main like web platform, and there's all like the tech stack above that. So there's a lot of things that go into like being online and being on D2C. It's not as simple as it used to be, where people used to be like, oh, it costs me ten pounds to acquire a customer, and I'm selling a, a mattress business or something like that for a hundred pounds. So I've got ninety pounds profit. Like that customer acquisition cost has got a lot more expensive and there's so many other things that, that go into it. So I think just don't like run into D2C like naively. You do get an amazing relationship with your consumer provided you're willing to do that. Like I often, when I see like startup brands launch, I often try and like buy them because I want to see like what their, what their comms are like, their email flows are like, but I also am always keen to see what their CX is like, their customer experience. Loads of brands completely underestimate how important customer experience is. And don't give it like the attention it deserves. Like I think CX is one of the most important things in a D2C business. Because if I order a product and I have like a bad experience with that product, I'm going to tell you in a pub how bad that business is. You should never order from them, how bad that is. Whereas if I have a experience with a product, so say I order a Christmas present and the, 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 the package gets delayed. If I then reach out to the business, the brand, and they fix that for me really, really quickly, if they treat me like a human, if they like solve the problem or offer me a discount or make sure or kind of make me feel as if I've been looked after, I'm going to tell so many people about what an amazing business and brand that is. And that's the most powerful form of marketing, right? Word of mouth is the most powerful form of marketing. So I always think a lot of brands underestimate how important CX is. Like, yes, you can spend money. You can have like what looks like good numbers coming through your Shopify Shopify feed, but make sure you're offering amazing CX so that those consumers want to come back so that consumer, those consumers tell other, tell their friends, their family, like what a great business you are. Like it's such an important thing that I see being under, that I see being neglected by businesses all the time. Yeah, it's undervalued and um, having a great product is is half the battle. It's everything else is built. For sure. And For sure. I buy so many products that you could class as D2C only businesses. I buy from them and um, there are those that I've, and and I think the problem is you and I we work we work in this area, but um, even if the initial email from the first order that I make doesn't have something yeah. that makes me feel good to be a customer of, of of that brand, isn't if it's not kind of on point, I feel a little bit let down, and um, I'm probably yeah. looking at it far too on too much of a granular basis, but you can make people feel great about. Imme- almost immediately about being Definitely. a customer of yours, no matter how they've, what path they've gone down to end up making that initial purchase. And emails are a huge part of that. Leaving a comment on social and getting an answer, things that are as simple as that are far yeah. too often neglected. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the, the, you're, like that's such a key moment, right? When you've bought a product online, I always say like the three days until the, the beer arrives or the product arrives, whatever it might be, like you've got really engaged people there who are excited to try something, be it like a t-shirt they've bought or a drink they've ordered or whatever it might be. Like 
give them some information so that when they do get the product, they're like, they know a bit about it. They're really excited. They're really excited for it. Um, yeah, there's so many like opportunities to like surprise and delight consumers, um, which is the benefit of being like a small agile startup like us, that we can just be really clear, like this is a focus for us. Uh, we want to treat people like people like I still do. Um, I still do like a lot of the CX here at Days. We've got a fantastic team now and we kind of share it, share it amongst us. And I always say like CX is so, so important because you're chatting to consumers, you're learning from them, but it's also going to provide like really good word of mouth marketing. Yeah. And you're in an amazing position because you are creating, using and acting on a lot of first party data. And that is the thing right now that everybody's thinking about. Um, and, and yeah, you, you've got that ongoing, you've built the foundation and that's always refreshing and you seem to be very active and and making the most of it so that's that is the one thing that people really have to be thinking about right now that's it that's it so when you do have the consumer like when you're chatting to your consumers you want to like to understand as much as possible so you continue to to serve them well but also find more consumers like i can think of really good example early on when we were kind of just probably about two years ago now yeah, two years ago with, with days, we were chatting to consumers in like January, February. So post dry January, we we're chatting to consumers through email, through social, through SMS. And we were, we asked them all the time, right? Like, look, why are you drinking days? Like, what got you into drinking alcohol, free beer? Like, we're genuinely fascinated. And this thing kept on coming back. Oh, I'm training for a marathon. Like, I got in to do like the five for 5K thing during COVID. Now I'm training for a marathon. And I find I, do, I want a, a beer on a Tuesday night post running, but I don't want alcohol because... I know that it affects my sleep or it affects anything, but it kept on coming back like post-exercise, post-marathon. So what do we do? We start creating a lot of content about like the benefits of alcohol-free beer. If you're training for a marathon, we started running ads where we were, we were featuring people having it post-race and, and talking about the benefits of it. And we actually set up a run club for a summer. And we had like, that was amazing because we had our digital social community. Like we got them together in real life and had like 50, 60 people meeting in parks in London, in Edinburgh running and then having an alcohol-free beer after and all of that came just from learning that that's what consumers were that was one of the consumption occasions for days was tuesday evening post-exercise that's incredible because that that insight about the marathon has then you guys have taken that and made, made it come to life many different ways to the benefit of your customers your, your community but also and ultimately what you're looking for there is is huge benefit to, to the business and, and people feeling like a, a part of, of the brand. We've just been talking about D2C and all the benefits of that, but something that is important in the drinks industry is that sort of liquid to lips thing. And people aren't necessarily going to be ready to buy purely because they've maybe enjoyed some of your social content, had a look around the website, maybe signed up for an email. Now you have bricks and mortar presence now and two that really stood out to me tesco biggest grocer in the uk but and then wagamama's as a as a, as a hospitality venue how, how have you managed to get that nailed down which you know in, in such an early stage for the for the brand i think it's still fair to call it a very early stage yeah two um two awesome customers and if you'd asked me like this time last year Dunks and I, like two customers we wanted, like they were really, really high up there. So they're great customers and like great partners for us as, as, as we try and build this. I think definitely testament to, to, to Dunks with both, for both of those um, partners. Dunks looks after the more kind of traditional sales side of the business. So on trade, 
and off trade, I'll still get involved there and sell as much as much as I can. But I've traditionally looked after kind of the DTC business and and brand. Um, so we've been kind of chatting. You use like Wagamamas as an as an example. Um, we we're pitching to them over kind of a two or three month period, and we really wanted to show them in that period. Look, this is why we think there's a great opportunity for alcohol-free beer in your in your venues. If you think about a place like Wagamama's, very like high high footfall, great like midweek occasion. I'd say in a lot of cases, like a lot of people go to Wagamama's like yes on the weekend, but a lot going like Monday to Friday lunchtime in the evenings. And we were saying like, look, this like the alcohol-free beer thing we think is really would be like a great occasion for you guys. And then once we kind of they, they were definitely excited about the occasion. And then it was about us saying like, look, we've got great brands. We've got first and foremost, like great beers, like a, a business like Wagamama's who are so, so attentive when it comes to like ingredients and quality, like they're not going to just take a punt on, on products that aren't good. So I had to show them we had, we had great beers, a lot of tastings with them. And they were really um, keen on us as well because we are vegan. So all of our products are vegan friendly, but also the 0.0% um, point was really, really important to, to Wagamama. So Wagamama's are really on top on things like allergens. So be it, be it milk, nuts, whatever it might be. So for them, the fact that our beers are truly alcohol free. So we're not a 0.5 like other kind of low alcohol beers are that might be 0.5 or 1% or 1.5. We're truly alcohol free, 0.0% ABV. That's a really, really important important point to someone like to someone like Wagamamas. Um, so we launched in there in, in October. And I remember when Dunks came back off the call from Wagamamas and walked into to the office and just went like Wagamamas, like the whole team just erupted. Our senior brand manager, Kat, was like, that was the account I wanted more than anything else. Like she was absolutely like delighted. So that was a great um that was a great moment for the business and they've been great partners for us. We work closely with the team. We all love Wagamamas. Um and yeah, they've been they've they've been great for us. And I think we're it's a really cool moment. I remember going to to Wagamamas before a gig um with my uh, with my fiance and just sat there and just looking around and seeing lots of people drinking like a day's lager on a Tuesday night. Like that's that's that that was pretty cool. And then um then the other one you mentioned there, like Tesco, like amazing customer, biggest grocer in, in, in the UK, got like really cool experience of backing innovative brands. Um they've definitely bought into the alcohol free category and they see a big opportunity for it. And for us it was just showing them that that, that we really felt there was an opportunity to premiumize the zero their zero point zero percent um offering. So yes, they'll have a a Heineken Zero or a Corona Zero or a Bex or a Bex Blue, but we really wanted to say like, look, we can come in with with premium ingredients, a premium product, like our our beers consistently outperform the big brewers on taste tests, and with a brand that speaks about alcohol-free beer in a slightly different way, and is maybe bringing a different consumer to the beer category. So our consumers definitely um over-indexed as like younger consumer female consumer 40 percent of our consumers are female which is a slightly different consumer for the traditional kind of beer world so i think that's probably why tesco have um have kind of taken upon on us and, and we're really really keen to, to work closely with them to to convict to continue um to continue developing it but we do have like great customers now across the uk so we're in about a thousand plus bars restaurants stores across the uk so great like the, the first stockist we ever had was the kitchen in leith in edinburgh so we got the kitchen Scran and Scally, Bonnie Badger, and we got great. And um, think about like all along George Street, your your Cantinis, the signature sites, um, Montpellier. It's like we've got great customers in 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 Edinburgh, particularly who've always backed us from from early on. But now we do have like a a a really good business 
growing across across the UK from the north of Scotland down to the south of England. Um, and it's been amazing seeing, I remember like two or three years ago when I was wandering into to bars the first time trying to pitch alcohol-free beer, there was kind of a bit of like skepticism towards it. Whereas now, I definitely noticed in the last six months where I'm out, out and about speaking to bars, restaurants, stores, like they, they, they really get it. I think for bars and restaurants, like the alcohol-free thing is is maybe bringing in like consumers in a, in a different occasion. So I'm always like, let's bring people back to the pub on a Tuesday night. Like it's where is a great place to hang out on a Tuesday night as a pub. So let's bring as many people in there as, as, as possible. Pubs and bars shouldn't just be busy on Friday, Saturday night. Like let's get people in there on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday at lunchtime. And that's where alcohol-free beer has an opportunity to play such a positive role. So yeah, we've got like some, some really great customers. We always want more. Um, but Tesco, Wagamama is a card we launched in recently as well. Like great, very forward-thinking grocery, um, grocery customer. So definitely excited now to take all the insight we have from our D2C business and really use that to drive like distribution gains and, and drive everything we try and do. Amazing. Oh, congratulations on those wins. That's that's some some footprint to have um at, at this stage in, in the on and, and off trade. So very well done. Um delighted to hear that. So I mean, honestly, Mike, I could talk to you all night about so many so fun, yeah, hey? so many parts of this and that's one of the reasons i do the podcast because i genuinely love all this stuff yeah and, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it otherwise because I'm, I'm i'm doing it all day long <laughs> so um but no i really really have enjoyed the chat um and appreciate your time now's your chance to tell people where to find out more about days where to connect with with the brand or social uh, so yeah shoot give us a give it a good plug yeah please connect Connect with us across social, all socials. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, at daysbrewing.com. Our website is www.daysbrewing.com. I think we have uh, – I need to make sure I get this right because my growth marketing manager will kill me, but I think we've got a dry January discount code running on the website. So use beer me um, on our website, and you can get 30% off all our beers um, through January. But, yeah, we'd we'd love to connect with with anyone who's interested in beer, interested in the space. Um, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Brilliant, and I could confirm that's the code because I used it. Uh, I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't being cheap. Right, and we should also say, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's great. We should also say, please, please go buy our beers in in Tesco, Acado. If you're out, out in Wagamama's or out in any of our great bar, uh, great bar restaurant customers in the trade, please go out support the trade, and uh, and yeah, buy our beers and, and and share them with us. Tell us when you're enjoying your days. Brilliant. Um, thanks so much for your time, Mike. And yeah, all, all the best for the future. And I'd love to get you back on maybe six to 12 months from now yeah, and, definitely. and get a, a progress update. Let's, That'd be fantastic. But I, Let's do it. And if there's anyone else from the team you want to chat to. Yeah, definitely. No, thanks very much, Mike. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Pleasure. Thanks again so much to Mike for taking the time to come on the show. I'm sure you will agree that that was a huge amount of insight and tips and a a great backstory and of course thanks to you for listening it means a lot to me and i'm really delighted with the the start the show has got and off to if you're enjoying the show please do leave a review or a rating on whatever platform you are listening on that will really help extend the audience and i just really want as many people to get as value from this show as possible please do follow on instagram it's at drinks noise and reach out with any feedback there if you wish you can email me at hello at mikemcgrail.co.uk. Yep, I need to get a drinks noise email address. Still, I'll get around to it. Massive to-do list, as I'm sure many of you do have also. Or head to drinksnoise.com and sign up for the email newsletter. 
I will send you a lovely email as soon as the next episode is out, but I'll also add some value to that for you as well. It's a win-win situation. Just wanted to address something. I received an email um, after episode three saying, Mike, I'm really enjoying the show. However, why hasn't there been any um, female guests so far? That is not something that I'm consciously trying to do. Um, it's just scheduling with the people I want to have on as guests has meant that they've not been able to feature in the first few episodes. But there are some coming and of course there are many phenomenal marketers in this industry from all backgrounds. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to diversifying things for you in the next coming months. Thanks so much again for listening. Have a great day, night, morning, whatever you're up to. In fact, please do drop me a message and let me know when you're listening to the show. I'd love that bit of first party data. Is it commuting? Is it while you're exercising? Is it while you're enjoying a a drink, either alcoholic or non-alcoholic? I'd love to know. Reach out, say hello. I want to know you. Goodbye.